Hey, That's Wow listeners. It's been a while, but it feels great to be back behind the mic bringing you insights into the PNW's most exciting femme-driven projects. I started this pod back in 2017 when a summer of femme-led projects was just kicking off and today's interview was a big part of my inspiration to start That's Wow. Today I'm speaking with Carol Louise Thompson, whose world premiere theatrical work, This Show Is About Progress, opens tomorrow, Friday, September 12th, at BASE, Experimental Art and Space in Georgetown. But Erin, you just said you were looking forward to talking to her in 2017. What do you mean? What's going on? You're being confusing and that's not good podcasting? Yes. It's been a while and I have forgotten how to use most of my equipment, but you did hear me correctly. Listen and learn about this exquisite project and how the story's protagonist became the project's very own antagonist in a very perfect example of art imitating life and vice versa. Here we go. Hello and welcome to That's Wow, that's Women of Washington, and I'm very excited to be sitting here with Carol Louise Thompson talking about this show is about progress. Uh, So welcome, welcome to That's Wow. Thank you. And thank you for dragging me out of retirement. I'm really excited (laughs) to be here. So I want to jump in because I have lots of questions about this show, but... Just right out of the gate, can you tell us what is, I know it's an immersive theater experience. Mm-hmm. Immersive, when I think immersive, I think like running around and yeah. I have, con- I, I, you know, I'm following actors down rabbit holes and different oh, things yeah, like that. But, but so what is the, what is the story and what is the experience of this show is about progress? Yeah, this show started as an idea to be done in a house that was scheduled to be demolished and the reason that it is immersive is because that's sort of how you have to do it if you're mm-hmm. inviting people into a house. And so I, that fell through. Mm-hmm. That all blew up and was, uh, was terrible. And then we moved on and now we're doing it in a theater. And Robin McCartney as the bad bitch that she is, <laughs> is building us a house inside i know i know um i think i mean you gotta come see it just because robin mccartney's building a house inside you know what i'm saying anyway but the story is about these two siblings a brother and a sister and it's exploring the themes of you know bulldozing buildings in seattle and um, you know, the changing Seattle skyline, but like told through this, the lens of a family. Wow. And it is kind of an exploration of how you love yourself. Yeah. How, how can you really make some progress inside your own brain? Wow. Yeah. Um, I've been writing little posts on Facebook and calling it um, my love letter to myself and to my city. <laughs> I I kind of like that. Yeah. Yeah. I'd say especially especially a, a, a city like Seattle 
perhaps we don't talk enough about love in Seattle mm, because yeah. we, you know, there's a lot of uh, history to our city um, that has some angst and some grit and it's <laughs> a lot about development. Um, but, you know, to just sincerely sit for a minute with this city and talk about love, I think is really important. I want to take a moment and go back can you talk a little bit about what happened last summer and what that experience was? Because this show is about progress was actually supposed to happen in 2018, right? 2017. Or 2017, my yeah, goodness, in I 2017. Know. So take us back two years and you, you have to, I want to document this cause it's, it's just, it's too, you can't write it. You can't know, write it. Right. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of crazy. It was so heartbreaking at the time, but it kind of has this like really, it's just a really, it was kind of heartbreaking at the yes. time, but it really kind of speaks to the play and, you know, what, what we're trying to, you know, bring attention to these two awesome ladies that I made the show with last time, uh, who I produced it with Liza Curtis and Antoinette Bianco, who was my director. We were going to do this show in a house. Uh, we were working with this really great uh, organization of young architects, and they had paired us up with a developer who had bought a house and was going to demolish it. And we'd been emailing back and forth. We bought an insurance. We'd bought an insurance policy. We sent it to him. You know, we were ready to go. We were at the door, going to start tech that that day we'd painted this mural in the house I mean it was gorgeous it was great and we had rehearsed the whole show so we got there and they changed the locks on us (laughs) and um it was uh it was totally totally heartbreaking and they also uh, the developer stopped emailing us back, just uh, went out of town and stopped emailing us back um, until after opening had come and gone. And then we just sort of had to move on, you know, like it was really, it was really, really heartbreaking. And it actually still really is, can be really sad for me that we're not doing it in a house. Yeah. We're doing it in a theater and we, you know, that's why it it took us so long to bring it back is because I tried really hard. I mean, we, you know, we all did me and my producer, Liza Curtis, really tried to get a new house and yeah, and we just couldn't. Wow. It's, it doesn't make like fiscal sense to like, let us come into your house. Do you know what I mean? Like it doesn't make legal good sense as far as like money goes, like to let us in there. Cause, um, you know, anything could go wrong and anybody yeah. could sue or blah, blah, blah. But, um, so I, I'm really, you know, in some ways kind of really grateful to the developer who first let us in because he gave us that really great experience of being in a house and really it really informed the play and, right yeah that's pretty great that's I think that story when I when I read it in 2017 I I was I kind of had to shake my head and reread the the post on Facebook because I was like this is just too 
coincidental. I mean, that's that's so bizarre. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's now become a part of the story of your story, yeah. of this story. And I, you know, I'll have to think about this later and maybe some say something really brilliant in the postscript of this, yeah, but of, of that how interesting that in order to talk about progress in Seattle and to have this conversation, you have to have it in a place of 100% control and protection because it's so rapidly changing. I mean, I it's like the rainforest of cities. That's what I that's what I feel like you're talking about right now. Yeah. Because of that, did that experience or um, did did you have any changes to the script? Has the script changed since 2017, either because of that or because of anything else or other developments in the city? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it has changed. I think that it, it's a different play in a theater, you know, like... It's a different, I mean, good Lord, Robin McCartney is <laughs> amazing. And she is going to build like the most beautiful house. Wow. I'm sure it's going to be gorgeous. And the house will still be missing. You know, the way the play is written is that the house is like a really big central character, you know? Mm-hmm. And so when you don't have an actual house, in the room with you, the presence is, is kind of gone. Right. So I think I've done some rewrites to kind of really bring in the houses in Seattle that we've lost, you know, and the buildings that we've lost. Um, and you know, the meaning that we've given to them Yes, and the meaning that we will continue to hold on to, you know, I think that it's easy having grown up here my entire life. It's easy to take for granted that the Pacific Northwest is so unique and specific. And I still remember the first time I got off the plane in Chicago in the middle of the winter and the prairie style homes that the Midwest has and the more Frank Lloyd Wright style, um, the flat, the flatter, even like odd triangles is not, is not craftsmen mm-hmm. and then then you go even further back east like i have a friend in providence rhode island and you get off the plane and you look around and they all look like little gingerbread house style things like the, we do have some of those over on uh, port townsend but they're a little bit more everywhere and we do have a specific aesthetic to our beautiful houses here and to see them demolished for these contemporary styles that will appeal to more outsiders, perhaps. Like yeah. Maybe I shouldn't use that word, but like more people not from the region who are moving in, mm-hmm. um, almost like muting the uniqueness in order to make other people feel more comfortable. It does feel like a price yeah, yeah, to be paid. Yeah. I mean, you can see it. That's the thing. It's happening all over the place, you know? My lighting designer, Carolina Johnson, is every time I see her, she is telling me about a new house that she saw that's being demolished. Wow. I saw on the Facebook event page that it says that you will get sand in your in your shoes. You will get sand in your shoes if you come to this show. Okay. That is definitely true. That is a promise. Okay. I've sat in splash zones before. I have not gotten a sand warning before. <laughs> that's exciting. Um, yeah, the, uh, the idea of this show first came to mind when, you know, I was in a deep depression and um, I got the image of that sinking feeling, you know, being like you've built your own desert 
in your living room. Oh my gosh. So that's kind of the metaphor that we're working with in this play. There'll be a lot of sand. The last time we were going to do this show, um, it was going to be, it had been directed by my dear friend, Antoinette Bianco. And she had this really beautiful vision for the set because she also did the set design. Um, And we were going to drill a hole or we'd already drilled a hole through the ceiling to feed sand in and have it just like pour like one long stream of sand that would pile up on the floor and it was I mean the I was so excited to see it and we never got to see it so like a giant hour hourglass you could, yeah. we are seated in an hourglass totally. oh that's so that's so powerful yeah when you talked about the mural did you get a picture of the mural before you were locked out of the house I mean I think Antoinette might have one but uh I do not it was this like really sandy, um, like a lot of beautiful, like orange and golden swirls. And I mean, it was like, whoa, that's a sandstorm. You know wow. what I mean? It was gorgeous. Fascinating. Okay. I'm so excited. Oh my gosh. Um, Cause now I'm like, do I, do I wear sandals? What do I do? I mean, okay. Um, I think boots is a good idea. Boots is a good idea, which is like any Pacific Northwest beach. You need boots, not sandals. <laughs> Keep that shit for the East coast uh, or California. Um, I'm excited. Oh wow. That's so, that's so exciting. Is the show, are you continuing to develop it? I know that you're currently in rehearsals. Is it, are you creating new pages? Are you, is it, is it something that, how has the cast been informing the actual story or did you come in and say, this is the, this is the script? It has been mostly the, I mean, the cast has definitely influenced it, you know? And is this the cast from 2017? We have one, it is me and Ade Kaner, who okay. are uh, from the original cast. Um, and then we have two newcomers, uh, James Schilling and Monica Elmont, who are recent Cornish grads. Nice. Very professional, very good at acting. Okay. They're a joy to have in the room. Yay. And of course, so is Ade. And they have all very much in- influenced the story. I've been doing. Uh, you know, maybe too much rewriting. You know what I mean? You never know. <laughs> you never know. Uh, but I am done doing that now. Okay. We are two weeks away from opening and um, we need to be done. Okay. Um, my director, Julia Griffin, has been very helpful in uh, parsing out when we need to be done. And we have found the time and it is now. Sounds like a very good director. Okay, that's good. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and I suppose you need to focus on that's so challenging if you're performing in your own piece to switch between thinking about the writing and then thinking about being thinking about performing and to sit on both horses like that's just too hard. So at least now you can dive deep into what your responsibility is as a performer to the show. Yeah, I, yeah, it can. I'm, 
I this is the first time I've uh, written and performed and produced a show of mine. Hopefully, not the last. You never know, but um. <laughs> I doubt it. <laughs> I mean, if you had the grit to to rise after such a challenge of what happened two years ago, I don't think that when it, after after a, a show has finally been put on, I doubt that this is going to discourage you from keeping going. <laughs> Thank you. That really means a lot to me. How long have you lived in the Pacific Northwest? Uh, I moved here 13 years ago, 13 years ago to go to Cornish. To go to Cornish. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so the thing that's so crazy, I moved here right after they'd raised the Cascade District and then just built like just a whole new neighborhood mm. over top. <laughs> like how creepy is that? Right. And then it was just empty. Yeah. And it was right by Cornish, so we would see it all the time. And it was like, this is the creepiest thing I think I've ever seen. Well, and then to know that that's also a part of our history, because that's what we did in Pioneer Square and, you know, in the early 1900s, I believe, just sort of like, oh, let's just bring this up a bit, you know, and, yeah. you know, but the not even address that lower half. It was just build over it. Yeah. And so we're good at burying the things that we don't like, I think, <laughs> which is a part of our, I think that the, the personality of the Pacific Northwest for better or for worse, <laughs> bury your feelings um, and just put on a nice clean face. Who, who is your uh, intended audience for this? Are you hoping that, you know, are you really hoping it's for Seattle, Seattle vigil holders? Um, are you hoping that some here, I'll just say it. Are we hoping that some South Lake union peeps show up and learn a little bit or take a pause or who, who do you hope comes to this? I, I just hope everybody comes. Yes. You know, I hope just everybody and their mothers come. I am a a pre-K teacher at um at um, Mother's Place Quality Daycare, best daycare in the city. Plug right there. Maybe I'll get sponsorship. Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um anyway, that we and I've invited some of the parents and they're coming. And um uh, I've been saying I made this show to create a space for people to grieve, to grieve the Seattle that we've lost, to grieve your younger self mm. and how you've moved on, right. you know? And I hope that anybody who needs a space to be understood or who needs a space to grieve comes to the show. Yeah. And has a great time. Yeah. I hope they all have just a great, <laughs> great time. Well, knowing you, Carol, is it, I would like to say that it's fair to assume that there's a fair amount of comedy in, or like comedic moments or hilarity. Um, I hope it's funny. Okay. <laughs> I, it is quite dark though. And I think that that can really like inform the humor. Sure. And create places and spaces for jokes that are really unique. If if you come see this show, you'll figure it out. I suffer with depression sometimes. And in the darkest moments, the only way to get out is to laugh. Sure. I mean, is to move your body in some way. You know what I mean? And sometimes when you're sitting in your bed and it's been you're on hour 6 or whatever, Laughing is just like a, the little bit of exercise that you needed, you know? 
like just like, oh, wow, I still have lungs. Oh, wow, I'm still not just a brain. Oh, wow, I have like all of this body that is designed to take me out of here. Get out! Okay. You know what I mean? So, yeah. Wow, that's that's incredible. I do know that you received a, a grant mm-hmm. from the Seattle Arts and Culture. I did, yeah. And so that was the 2017... Uh, iteration yeah. did were you able to just pass that forward to now did they understand yeah they did yeah 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 and, and did you get any feedback when you pitched the show to them about why they or, I mean did they say anything about what excited them about your pitch or was it exciting to get approval from the city itself to talk about <laughs> like what it's been doing to its own children or something or what was that like um I definitely I, it's been amazing to get that kind of approval um and I think the thing that they really gravitated towards was, you know, this idea of Seattle and the specific neighborhood that we were going to be in and empowering people to reflect on how Seattle has changed. I'm pretty sure that's what they what they were into. Yeah. It's been actually like a little while. I can't actually remember. Sure. Yeah. I mean, here I thought it was last year because it feels like it was, I I can't believe how much time, just how we live now, a day feels like a year sometimes. (laughs) Is there something in all of your time that you've been here, is there a particular business or location that you have seen go away that really landed with you? I really loved those houses on John and 12th. Do you remember those houses with the mermaids over top of the door? Oh, I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those were so gorgeous. And when they, I, do you remember they, when they put the proposed land use sign up, somebody spray painted on them. This is why we can't have nice things. Yes. Oh yeah. I think I saw, I think I saw a picture of that online. Yeah. It It was so sweet. Um, I love the story of those and, um, you know, I really, I really miss that house that we were going to do the show sure. in. Um, it's gone now. Um, and there was this little tree in the front yard that was like old, you know, and like mm. twisty. But it was little, you know, and you were like, man, you know, you'd see like old people and they're like so old and they're so <laughs> little and you're like, how does the world live in your head? It must be so big, but you're so small. <laughs> um, I'll, I'll always remember that house. Even though, you know, we didn't even spend that much time in there. It was like a month or whatever. And like, there were people's like families that were raised in there. You know what I mean? Yeah. But um, it'll be a part of me. That's beautiful. I don't think that I can think of any other way to move on after that amazing image. I feel like you've put that image of that tree in my head. And (laughs) so now I want to carry that tree with me. Uh, Carol, thank you so much. I know that you are very busy and you're in the middle of fighting the desire to rewrite because I know it's there, (laughs) I'm sure. And you're, you're keeping up this, this huge project and I can't wait. I'm just so happy for you that it's finally coming to fruition, but it also is such an important story. And I'm really glad that it's finally being told, even though the city itself was like fighting itself in order to, I think with most therapeutic needs, the need is there. But there's also this fierce desire to want to conceal it. 
And I feel like this story has gone through that, but then it's finally going to be exercised and I'm excited to see it. (laughs) So thank you so much, Carol, for your time. Thank you. Thank you, Carol. This show is about progress opens tomorrow, Friday, September 12th at BASE, Experimental Art and Space in Georgetown and runs through September 28th. And remember to wear your boots. I didn't get the chance to say this in the show, but I have been a fan of Carol Louise Thompson's ever since I saw her in Wooden Nose Legendary Taming of the Shrew in 2013. Carol was also the lead in Art Barnes' We Remain Prepared, which was episode two of That's Wow in 2017. She is an endless well of talent, so I can't wait to see a play of her very own creation. This is not to be missed. I'll try not to stay away. I hope you've been making trouble and taking up space since last we spoke of sorts. (laughs) And I hope you continue to go forth, fems. Remember to dare and do.